I Brain Map by Rita McInnes. Chapter 21 Sustainable Happiness. In this chapter, I introduce you to a particular orientation, sustainable happiness, which is like the bright star that some brains orient to spontaneously once integration becomes established. But for those brains that need assistance to remember happiness, you'll find some suggestions in this chapter on how to turn towards the ordinary happiness in each day until you can find your personal formula or compass for sustainable happiness. And we say goodbye to Jack and Mary. While this chapter focuses on sustainable happiness and general well-being, it also refers to other experiences that arise spontaneously or become more accessible when the brain is integrating and interconnected, especially associated with flow states such as psychological flexibility and creativity. During integration, people describe many states and qualities such as coherence, space or spaciousness, presence, balance or harmony, delight, to name a few. It's not within the scope of this book to discuss all these states and qualities, but they can be cultivated using the same principles and practices outlined in this chapter for sustainable happiness. Happiness Lost and Found The only place you can fully experience your birthright of happiness is inside your own skin, through your child brain. But to go there is to face and move beyond the demons of your past, held in frozen storage, and to free them, because they're covering the vulnerabilities you buried when you were three years old. But you're not three now, and behind that dark door, at the back of the dungeon, you may find the beautiful in you, the exquisite innocence that's fascinated by a butterfly wing. When there's nothing within you that makes you tremble or turn your face away, you can rest inside yourself. Remembering happiness. When the brain is integrating, present tense, not past tense, because it's ongoing, like weeding, it never ends, and interconnected, it's like a big happy kid and just wants to play. Sure, it gets sad and lonely, angry or disappointed, But when it's interconnected and integrating, it moves through each experience as it arises, and then it recovers, moving back into integrity, like waves rolling onto the beach. Many brain faces, aka people that I've worked with, rebound and reorient to this state of psychological flexibility or homeostasis and a general feeling of well-being once the brain's integrative process is kick-started and the integration motor is humming, the humming brain. In other words, once the integration process is underway, most brain faces find their own bright star, or version of happiness, peace, love, the beautiful, or whatever is meaningful for them to orient towards. I'm not pretending their lives or mine don't have ups and downs, But there's a confidence in the process of integration, riding the waves of experience and knowing you'll come back to ground, to humming brain or peace brain, not pea brain. Sometimes when there's been very early trauma or disruption to the interpersonal connection with mother, 
the brain may need some help to develop specific strategies to orient towards sustainable happiness. This is like rewiring the brain to look where you want to go and not at the bumps and cracks or boulders in the road that you want to avoid. Sustainable happiness. By sustainable happiness, I mean a quality of feeling that's not dependent on external events. In other words, it's an inside-out orientation of happiness that you can uncover and ultimately create using memory maps inside your body rather than chasing happiness out in the world, which is an external orientation of happiness and a cultural addiction in the West. It's easy to be happy when you have everything you want. But this having orientation to happiness is a very precarious kind of happiness. An orientation to having as happiness can keep you always in a loop, chasing the next must-have item or experience, because there's always something else to want, to wish for. This having version of happiness is a foundation for consumerism and advertising. The challenge is to know how to orient when things don't go your way or you can't get what you want and still find peace or rebound to happiness. Sustainable happiness is large enough to include whatever experiences arise. It's like an ever-widening circle that lets in all experience of the world, both inner and outer. Like surfing a wave, integrated happiness means trusting that you'll be able to move through and recover or maintain your connection and integrity through each wave of experience. There are two sides to sustainable happiness. One is to develop the resources to manage and move through difficult and painful emotions as they arise. This is everything I've been speaking about and is the essence of iBrainMap, AIRS, and I am. The other part of sustainable happiness is to recognise and cultivate qualities associated with happiness that you can return to, to orient towards like a bright star or still point on the horizon. You can build a repertoire of personal and direct experiences of happiness, what I call catch yourself happy. Catch yourself happy. Catch yourself happy is an orientation to the experience of ordinary happiness as it arises. Recognising happiness in your everyday life, instead of chasing happiness by wishing things were different, is the orientation of sustainable happiness. Following are some suggestions for cultivating this kind of happiness. Also, have a look at the work of Rick Hansen and what he calls taking in the good. Jack A precious moment remembered. We took Ted to the beach for the first time since he was tiny. Want to see the video? Sure. Jack takes out his phone and moves to kneel beside me. Check out the look on his face. Laughing. That's Katie laughing in the background. Now he's getting it. Didn't take long. Look at him go. He's a funny little guy. Gorgeous. Funny, huh? Jack goes back to his chair and puts the phone in his pocket. Yeah, the look on his little face is priceless. Would you be willing to work with this a bit? I don't get what's to work with. 
Well, for the last few weeks, we've been working with difficult internal states to help you learn to move through them. Activation. Yeah, activation, and not get lost in them. But now we want you to start to orient towards and cultivate feeling good as it happens. It's like the other side of the integration coin. The brain tends to rebound to happiness, but it helps to give it some cues. Sure, if you can give me a bucket of that feeling I got the day we were at the beach, I'll buy a truckload. Trouble is, it's not for sale. Oh, bummer. It's free for everyone. Right. When the brain's functioning optimally, that's what it rebounds to. In other words, brains in the wild are incredibly playful, in the moment and enjoying the waves. Like Ted. Exactly like Ted. And when Ted brain is scared or overwhelmed, it forgets to play. But once those old maps have been integrated or are integrating, the brain just wants to play again, and it's flexible and creative. Yeah, I get it. Just watching Ted play and how he learns is amazing. He blows me away. Well, every brain has that capacity. So getting back to cultivating happiness... Yeah, let's. The trick to this is to notice happiness or feeling good as it arises in your day and give it a physiological tag. It's like we're building body memory maps for happiness that you can come back to when you need to remember that things can be okay. As you repeatedly come back to these body memory maps of feeling happy, glad, playful, inspired, creative, etc., you're strengthening the pathways and changing the brain using exactly the same principles we use to allow the brain to rewire the body memory maps of distress, overwhelm, and so on. Yeah, I know those ones. And because they're the more established maps, we need to strengthen the new maps and give them a physiological tag or body memory map as they arise spontaneously in your day, what I call catch yourself happy. I like it, Rita. So what if we practice it now? I invite Jack to take out his phone and watch Ted discovering waves again. Then we track the feelings in his body and move in close, like a close encounter with a small wild animal, bending in and watching and listening to the delicate sensory experience and shifts in his body as they arise. Catching yourself happy is as simple as orienting to feel-good experiences, not trying to make them happen, but noticing the simple things that bring pleasure or delight, and then becoming curious about your internal experience, zooming in to track the subtle physiological changes associated with feeling good. When the brain has been battered by pain or stress, it can forget how to play and take delight so it may need some retuning into what flushes synapses with dopamine and splashes serotonin through your neuronal pathways, like a giggle erupting from a small child discovering the waves at the beach. Like everything about brain change, it takes practice if you want to make sustainable change. Physiological tagging Physiological tagging of a feel-good experience creates an anchor that you can return to later as required, strengthening a body memory map of that enjoyable experience without having to pursue the trigger event. In other words, you feel like you're at the beach without going to the beach. 
though a trip to the beach is always good for body and brain. Detailed sensory awareness builds a stronger map than just thinking about what makes you happy or pretending you're at the beach because it uses the language of the lower brain. All the principles for brain change that we discussed in relation to activation and integration apply to cultivating happiness or any other quality you want to develop, such as gratitude, compassion, serenity, creativity, beauty, trust or balance. Just remember to tag it in the body brain because that's where you can build the strongest, most sustainable memory maps. The bedrock of sustainable happiness. The bedrock of sustainable happiness is gratitude. Gratitude is an orientation of what is, what you have, the glass half full, instead of an orientation to what's wrong, missing or wished for. Because the human brain evolved in a cave surrounded by saber-toothed tigers, it needed to be wired for and oriented to threat or finding the problem. And then, as the preceding chapters explain, once these maps of threat were engaged, your system oriented to the old maps of survival even when circumstances changed. But once your brain has some new maps and you can orient the brain any way you like because your happy hippo, that would be the hippocampus, is on the job and your brain is integrating, then you can choose to orient towards what sustains happiness. Gratitude is at the other end of the spectrum to what's wrong with this picture or where's the threat. Reorienting to what's precious what you appreciate about your life, your partner or your body, instead of what's wrong, grows some happy maps. You can use these maps of experience as a point of reference to orient towards when you feel at sea because you've been dumped by a wave of activation or rough experience. This is your point of orientation like a bright star to guide you on a dark night. Priming the brain for gratitude or what you value, needs to include the body brain because, as you know, that's where those earliest body memory maps of survival are buried. If you just do a big brain audit of what's good in your life now, it may not change much because your old body memory maps are more established and likely to kick in when you're vulnerable or not mindful. The physiology of gratitude is what gives your brain traction for appreciation. If you want to cultivate any quality in a sustainable way, you need to develop it through the body or the old memory maps will prevail. Daily bookends for sustainable happiness. Orienting to gratitude or any other quality you want to cultivate at the beginning and the end of each day grows your gratitude map. This increases the action potential of the brain or the probability that the brain will use the gratitude map instead of the survival map or the what's wrong with this picture map throughout the day. Following are some suggestions to grow your gratitude maps. Priming for gratitude. You can prime the brain for gratitude each morning by spending a few minutes eliciting experiences and qualities of gratitude or appreciation. 
This isn't just thinking about gratitude. As I've said, it's orienting to the body experience of gratitude. You can either recall events or focus on things in your life and what you're grateful for at the moment and, at the same time, check in with how it feels in your body. This primes the brain for gratitude throughout the day, especially if you practice it regularly. Build a gratitude map. Then, at the end of the day in the evening, you can do it at bedtime, you can recall what happened during the day that you've been grateful for. By setting this as a date in the evening, you invite your brain to orient to gratitude throughout the day. Some people use a gratitude journal. Brain love. Brain love is something you can try anytime, but it's particularly soothing at the end of the day. Gently close your eyes and imagine the space between your ears and behind your eyes where the universe of your brain sits. Imagine each neuron like a star blinking in the vast galaxy of your inner being, humming in harmony with your body and mind, like a symphony playing the music of the spheres in a velvet night sky that stretches into infinite possibility. From this space of vast awareness, recall all the things your brain has done for you today. Walking, talking, eating, laughing, seeing, smelling, tasting, sleeping. And recall the range of feelings that you experienced throughout the day. Curiosity, frustration, satisfaction, sadness, delight, anger, joy, pain, appreciation. And now consider some of what your brain does for you that you don't even notice. Beating your heart, breathing your body, giving you goosebumps when you're cold, growling your hunger, firing up your immune system to fight off a bug that someone sneezed over you, constantly trying to protect you and keep you safe. Opening into the feeling of awe and gratitude for your brain as you remember all that it does for you in every moment of every day, awake in the vast awareness of your brain's potential and notice how it responds to your gratitude, whether it smiles back at you. Mary, what's different? I feel lighter. I think I've lost a few kilos. Even though I haven't weighed myself for ages, some of my clothes feel looser. Yes, I think when you relax around food, you begin to listen to what your body needs rather than eating to soothe the lower brain. I wouldn't say I've relaxed about food exactly, but it isn't always on my mind like it was before. The other thing to remember as you integrate is to begin to notice the difference or occasionally how far you've come on this adventure of integration. It's easy to keep using the same orientation of threat or looking for the problem, even when things have changed significantly. Like instead of looking to see if I've lost weight, that's the old way, I notice what? How do I orient instead? Well, you might orient to wellness in your body or regular exercise that you enjoy and eating food that's good for the brain. 
It's easy to forget that the brain is a physical system, not just a mind, and it needs to be fed, watered and given a good supply of oxygen for it to function optimally. Yes, but I did some of that when I hated my body too. Okay, true, but this time it's more about doing it for its own sake, to take care of your brain because it's such a precious and amazing system, rather than doing it to change your body. The intention is different. You really love the brain, don't you, Rita? I really do love the brain. How can I not? It's funny, curious, smart, can take in new ideas in a wink, is creative, takes care of all the housekeeping without even needing my attention unless something's wrong. It protects me, keeps me healthy. I include the body in the brain too, so it also manages to direct things so I can get around, lets me feel pleasure and pain. Yes, and pain, as a warning that something could be wrong, which is good as long as we know how to listen to the signals and know when it's a false alarm and how to tone it down when it's not relevant to the current situation. Like in the eye-brain map. Yes, that's what the eye-brain map is all about. But we need a functioning alarm system to escape danger. The trouble is when a fear system that was designed to help us escape from lions is driving our behaviour or when we're locked in a split brain system of either or that stops a species from shifting gears to the next evolution of the brain, that is integration. Integrated brain? Yes, integrated brain. I think integrated brain is the next evolution of the brain. It includes lower brain and big brain, instinct and intellect, body and mind. We need both, but our obsession with the mind and intellect top down as we try to override the body doesn't encourage integration, which is bottom up, as you know. Goodbye, Mary. I'm thinking of going back to study I always thought I might study again once the kids were off my hands and I had more free time. Ha, what a joke. I've got less time now than ever. That's great, Mary. What do you think you'll study? Not sure yet. There are a couple of master's degrees I'm interested in. All this stuff you've been teaching me has got me really interested in the brain and I feel like my brain is working better now. I don't think I had the confidence before. I might do something in gerontology. Fabulous. I don't just want to be the babysitter. I feel like I've got more to contribute. I've got more energy and I want to use it. But something else happened that I'm still reeling from. What's that, Mary? Well, it's Don. He's been so supportive about me going back to study. I told him what it might cost. And he said, if that's what you want to do, love... You do it. Don't worry about the money. Is that unusual for him, to be so supportive? Well, no, that's what's strange. He's always been supportive. That's what's shocking. Hmm, curious. It's as if I always think I have to stand up for myself and argue to get what I want. But he never questions it when I say I want to do something. It's like I've been fighting a battle with him, but he doesn't even know there's a war. Interesting. He's always been supportive and gone along with 
whatever I wanted. I don't think I've really seen that before. I've spent my whole married life noticing all the things about him that irritate me and getting annoyed at him. But really, he's very supportive. I feel like crying when I think about how mean I've been to him sometimes. Just be gentle with yourself as you see what you haven't been able to see before. It's like a curtain's dropped away and I'm seeing him differently. It's probably a shower curtain that he didn't put up properly. (laughs) Seriously, though, he's no different. Don doesn't change, but I've changed a lot. It's not that he doesn't irritate me sometimes, but I don't know, it feels different. Yes, it sounds more integrated that you can feel irritated, but you don't disconnect and get stuck in the experience or overwhelmed by it. There's more balance now with this new insight that he has some qualities that you appreciate. Yeah, it's softer, more peaceful. There's a new comfort in our relationship, like an old blanket with all the stains and holes and patches. Sure, it's a bit scratchy at times, and no matter how many times you wash it, you can never get that musty smell out of it from that time you left it damp in the boot after camping at the river. Well, you know what I mean. I do, Mary, and I love the metaphor. Have you thought about becoming a writer? Well, funny you should mention that. Goodbye, Jack and Mary. It would be nice to offer you a neat ending for Jack and Mary, but that's not how integration works. Although iBrainMap and the work we do in session kickstarts the integration process, it doesn't end when the person walks out the door for the last time. There are no bells and whistles because integration is a quiet coming home to self that's so personal it's often hard to describe, like trying to write about love or catch a butterfly. It happens incrementally, like spring coming gently. One morning you look up from your desk and realise the air is warmer and you can smell the blossom. But the earth has been warming, quietly thawing, unnoticed for weeks. That's integration.